Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the kickoff brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and street sweeper, Brendan Tuma. It is the Thursday morning edition of the kickoff. That means it's time to talk about my top five thoughts about Thursday night football. And before we do that, let's make sure we talk about TickPick and going to football games and saving you money because they don't charge service fees. Again, I've talked about it. Celtics tickets going to the Celtics game with my father-in-law and my son for Christmas. It's going to be amazing on Martin Luther King Day. And again, I looked at all these other sites, right? I went to a bunch of the other ticket sites and TickPick was by far the cheapest. And that's what they do. They guarantee you the best prices. If you find a better price on another site, they're going to give you 110% of the total purchase price. And the reason that their prices are so low, they don't have service fees. Okay, that saved their users over 55 million dollars. Okay, so what's even better now, they teamed up with Zip that allows you to buy now but pay later for all your tickets. When you choose Zip at checkout, you can split your ticket purchase into four installments. Download the TickPick app, use the code PROS for $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Again, that's code PROS for $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and you select Zip at checkout. All right, before we talk about the Thursday games, let's run through the big news items from yesterday. Alvin Kamara is questionable for Thursday's game. I really don't know if he's going to play. I mean, he's been practicing, but limited. So we can hope But this is something where if you roster Kamara, you got to wait. And if he starts, you got to start him. Mark Ingram, though, has no injury designation and he is ready to roll. Taysom Hill also has no injury designation and he will start at quarterback. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins both practice, but neither one has been confirmed that they're going to play this weekend. Cliff Kingsbury does say, however, that Chase Edmonds is not going to return until week 14 against the Rams. Jeremy Fowler reports that DeAndre Swift could miss multiple weeks, which I think was the expectation here. I know everybody kind of held on to the fact that Dan Campbell really only basically ruled him out for this week if he even did that. But I do expect him to miss multiple weeks, as was originally expected. But Dan Campbell says that Jamal Williams is prepared to carry the load in week 13. So if you roster him, expect, you know, 15, 20 touches at least. Amari Cooper was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. Cedric Wilson, though, was ruled out. And Cooper, again, you know, we'll have to see his conditioning. We'll talk about that in a bit. But if he starts, you're probably starting him, albeit a little lower than you ordinarily would. Daniel Jones practiced on Wednesday. Joe Judge hasn't ruled him out just yet but I would be preparing for Mike Lennon to start based on reports that we got yesterday. Jalen Hurts took reps in Wednesday's walkthrough. Justin Fields returned to practice, but Coach Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton got the starter reps in practice. Daryl Henderson did not practice, nor did Darren Waller, who remains week to week. There is optimism that Henderson is going to suit up this week, but it doesn't sound like Waller is going to be able to. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown didn't practice. And Adam Schefter reported that he is expected to miss at least the next two games, so... I don't know. Not sure what to make of this, but obviously, if you've been waiting for Brown to come back, you're going to have to wait at least a few more games, if not longer here. Kadarius Tony didn't practice with his quad injury. Sterling Shepard didn't practice with his quad injury. Corey Davis didn't practice with his groin injury. Allen Robinson did not practice with his hamstring injury. As of right now, I do not expect any of these four receivers to go this weekend. Devontae Parker, however, did return to practice. Remember, he's been on injured reserve with his hamstring injury, so that's a good sign. Hopefully he can get back to the game. Pat Fryermuth, who is in the concussion protocol, did practice in full, so that looks good to him. And Adrian Peterson was signed to the Seahawks practice squad. I mean, 
whatever, I guess, you know, if he's going to be the starting running back on the team, then he's going to be worth something. But we just saw Alex Collins have the starting role and really not do anything with it. So if Peterson's out there, Adam, they get Houston next week. So, you know, could be worth something in that area. All right, let's talk about the top five things I'm looking for during tonight's game between the Cowboys and the Saints. First up, what does the Saints offense look like with Taysom Hill under center? Again, I mentioned this earlier this week, but in a league uh, I have where I have Ryan Tannehill as my starter, I saw this week coming. And once A.J. Brown went down, I saw future weeks coming. I need a reliable quarterback. And so I stashed Taysom Hill both for this week and future weeks. But we can blame this on me just being in a million leagues. I'd actually forgotten that I had already stashed Derek Carr. I didn't even see him when I first looked at my bench. And so even with Carr playing poorly before last week, I had at least someone to start right on Thanksgiving and it worked out pretty well. Carr was passable. And now with Hill as a starter against the Cowboys, I'm faced with another Carr versus Hill decision. And I'm going to go with Carr here. I mean, even without Darren Waller, it's a soft matchup against Washington. But also, I don't really know what to expect from Taysom Hill right now. First, there are still rumblings again about that foot injury, which is weird since he practiced in full all last week, too. Second, even with his rushing ability, he still needs pass catchers. He can't do it all on the ground. And last year, he had Michael Thomas. This year, nobody has stepped up as a reliable option. So can Hill succeed and be a borderline QB1 with this group of receivers? We're going to find out pretty quickly on Thursday night. But he's going to do so on my bench, hopefully into my starter's role starting next week. Number two, how does Ezekiel Elliott look? So we've got really banged up and might need a game or two off to recover to full practice. And Jerry Jones saying he will carry a full load against the Saints. The thing is, Elliott was off the injury report and practicing fully last week before Thanksgiving. And then he was very clearly limited in the game against the Raiders. 2.9, 3.6, 2.8 yards per carry. He looked, you know, banged up or he's left the game in each of his last three contests. He has been saved by two things. First, his touchdowns. He got three in his last three games. Second is receiving work, 14 targets, 12 catches in his last two games. There's no yardage with those catches, but if you're in a half or a full PPR league, you're definitely not that disappointed in what Zeke gives you with those efforts. But it's really tough to count on that, considering each of the last two games, the Dallas receiving core has been greatly limited. I mean, CeeDee Lamb missed all or most of the last two games. Amari Cooper has been out for the last two games. Zeke has almost been in on the passing game by necessity at this point. So what happens now with what looks like an every pass catching option available for the Cowboys. I mean, not Cedric Wilson, but he's really irrelevant when the big three are there. And this is against the team that allows the fewest fantasy points to running backs. I mean, Zeke managers have to start him here. It's almost unfortunate because of how much downside there is, right? But if he again leaves the game briefly with injury after being off the injury report and practicing fully, it's going to be time to reassess Zeke's value going forward. Number three, who's going to catch the ball for the Saints? I mean, we just talked about how Taysom Hill was successful last year and had Michael Thomas to throw the ball to. Well, Hill is going to be an upgrade over Trevor Simeon here with passing the ball, but that's just kind of the way it is, right? It's not that high a bar with how Simeon had played this year. But then, you know, that means production for someone other than Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, the most reliable pass catcher for the Saints was getting to be Adam Troutman before he suffered an injury. And we've been waiting for Marquez Callaway or Traquan Smith forever. Chances are that one of them is going to break out, at least if Hill is going to be a viable starter. Personally, my money is on Smith. He's seen at least five targets each of his last three games, at least four catches in each of those games. He's now playing a full complement of snaps and running a ton of routes more than any other receiver on the team. 
there's a viable path here for Smith to be a reliable flex option and a slight chance that he can work his way into wide receiver three territory. But if that journey is to be undertaken, it's got to start tonight. Number four, who suffers with a full complement of pass catchers for the Cowboys? I mean, other than Zeke's role in the passing game, if all three receivers for Dallas are healthy, something's got to give, right? I mean, in the two games without uh, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, either out or limited anyway, Michael Gallup has seen 18 targets and Dalton Schultz has seen 15 targets. Both have produced for fantasy purposes. There's just no way the Cowboys offense can support all three of those wide receivers plus Schultz plus Elliott. I mean, it's a great offense, but you just can't. Not five fantasy relevant players. Not even talking about Dak, by the way. Offenses just do not work this way unless they are historic. Now, again, we'll see about Amari Cooper here. His status is a little murky given that he probably doesn't have the conditioning. He's had some symptoms. But if he's on a snap count, then maybe it won't matter. But someone is going to get left out. We just don't know who it is yet. Hopefully, we can get some clarity by tonight. Finally, is the Saints' defense slipping? The Saints right now are fifth in defensive DVOA. They are 13th against the pass, but they are first against the run. They allow the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. But they don't really feel like a defense that scares you anymore. We used to say, oh, no, your running backs are playing the Saints. Avoid them entirely. They've allowed 27 points to the Falcons, 23 to a banged-up Titans team, 40 to the Eagles, and then 31 to the Bills. And yeah, they have an excellent run defense, but all right, the Bills don't really run the ball much anyway. The Titans were throwing down to Foreman in there with no pass catchers. Falcons and Bucks barely tried to run. The Seahawks cannot run. I mean, there's one team that really now has a decent running game that they've played in the last several weeks, and they stuck with the run. And it was the Eagles, and Miles Sanders ran 16 times for 94 yards. Jordan Howard ran 10 times for 63 yards. We already know that they give the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, the fifth most to quarterbacks as well. And look at their defensive DVOA, though, by week recently. Week 10, negative 3.3%. Week 11, negative 3.2%. Week 12, negative 6.5%. And what that means, just take week 12, for example, that means that they are 6.5% worse than just an average defense. They've been worse defensively than an average team, and that is factoring in the strength of their opponent for three straight weeks. They've allowed 355 yards rushing the last two games. And yes, some of that is the quarterbacks, but that's still a meaningful number, man. I mean, they've got injuries, all right? They lost Peyton Turner. Marcus Davenport has been injured. But, you know, we've looked at the schedule and you get worried about you know, Leonard Fournette or Miles Gaskin facing them. But now we really need to see whether or not we should be afraid of our running backs facing them going forward. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select ZIP at checkout. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.